What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome inside the Gym Jag podcast. Jordan DeLugo and UCF Jag Jaguar here with you for a special mid-preseason edition of the show. We'll be talking 53-man roster predictions and previewing the Jaguars versus Dolphins preseason game Thursday night on Fox. It's going to be nationally televised, so that's pretty exciting. How are we doing today, Dalton? I'm good, man. Is it, uh, is it Are we still in a preseason, or what's going on here? Well... The first drive or so of tomorrow night might not quite look like the same preseason we've been watching with the starters getting involved. But yes, unfortunately, we still are in the preseason. Yeah, I'm fired up for it, man. We finally get to see finally get to see some of the starters after it's been a the most different training or preseason that we've ever had. I never I know I don't ever remember all the starters sitting on both the first two games, but you know, these coaches are getting a little more after the year the Jaguars had in 2018, where every where it seemed like every player on the offense got injured, um, I guess they're taking a new approach. Yeah, obviously from a fan's perspective, it's not quite what you want to see just because fans obviously want to see the starters. A lot of people that have been paying to go see the games haven't been super satisfied in terms of the product on the field. But from a strategic standpoint, I'm all for it. And I think it's the right move. And I honestly think the further along we get in the coming seasons that more and more coaches will subscribe to the idea that getting more reps in practice in a more controlled environment is, is better than, you know, getting out there in a completely uncontrolled live setting during the preseason where there's just so much more risk. Yeah. And I notice more nowadays, how many really joint training camp practices there are. I mean, I remember, five plus years ago it seemed like oh look this team's doing a joint practice oh look this team's doing one too but now it's i mean it seems like a pretty regular thing i mean i'd like to see the list of teams that don't have any joint practices because i bet it's very few if there are any yeah a lot more teams are doing it and it's a good thing i mean i think 
like like I said before, that's more of a controlled setting than an actual preseason game where it's live hitting. So I'm all for it. I think Doug Marone's making the right move with the Jaguars in terms of resting a lot of starters. But again, that's all going to change tomorrow night. Don't know how much they will be out there, but they will be out there, most of them that is, for at least a drive or two on Thursday night when the Jaguars take on the Dolphins in Miami. I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Bold City Brewery. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And of course, check out their tap room in Riverside on Roselle in the downtown tap room on East Bay Street. I'd also like to invite everyone out to 8103 Thursday night to watch the Jags take on the Dolphins. We'll have a pop-up shop, free beer from Bold City Brewery, a cocktail bar by the relevant app. We'll have a teal weed dye pop-up. Blazing Buffalo food truck will be out there slinging some of the best grub in Duval, and we'll have big screens inside and a 12-foot projector outside. Going to be a ton of fun. That's over in Springfield. Come check us out at 8103 uh, for the game tomorrow. All right, so let's get into news and notes, Dalton. You got anything? Uh, I mean, I don't have too much besides we got a preseason game coming up, and uh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to preview that a little later. But I mean, one thing that I thought was pretty cool is how, you know, about a week and a half ago, Doug Marone comes out and mentions how he's not sure if Marquise Lee or Cam Robinson are going to be ready to start the preseason or even start the regular season. But all of a sudden, just a few days later, they're both activated off the pup. So I thought that was just honestly really good news out of the whole entire training camp. Probably the best news that we've received. Yeah, it was good news, but it was odd news. Like, Literally two days after Doug Moran said he didn't think Cam Robinson would be ready to start the season, Cam Robinson's activated from the pup. And then, you know, a little over a week later, so is Marquise Lee. So really strange situation. Um, and Cam Robinson is supposed to be dressing out, and he might even play tomorrow night. So it's like, it's just strange to me, and it's a little bit, you know, I'm like, hold up here. I mean, we we can let him sit out this game if we really want to. I mean, I don't know if the knee's all that good yet, but I mean, uh, I mean they they know a lot better than me. But one thing that I appreciate appreciate about Doug Marone is whenever he talks to the media, like I always feel like he's giving me a straight answer. And uh, a lot of times he goes, "Look, I don't know, you know, much more about these injuries than you guys do right now." And then you know, I think just with these guys lift, getting lifted out the pup, I think it, it just shows that he really doesn't know uh, much more than besides the little amount that the trainers kind of tell them. Yeah, you don't really know what's going on there. It's a weird situation, in my opinion. I don't want to speculate too much. I don't want to say Doug Marone doesn't know what's going on or that he doesn't want us to know what's going on, but really weird to see a guy come back two days after Doug Marone says he doesn't think he'll be ready for the start of the regular season. And yeah, Cam Robinson does look like he's going to play. And, of course, that's according to Doug Marone's comments on Tuesday, which, as we know with Doug Marone, things can change very quickly. He took – you see Cam Robinson took a little tumble uh, on the sidelines last game when Magoo had that third and 15 run. At the very end, he ran into Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson literally slipped onto the ground. So <laughs> that kind of had me a little worried. Yeah, he's looked good in practice, though. I think he is ready to go, honestly, but – like you said, if there's any risk of injury 
or re-injury, it is highest within the first seven to 10 days of returning to practice. Of course, he's right in that range right now. So will he play? Will he not play? I'm not sure yet. It seems like he will, but we'll see. We'll And we'll preview that a little bit more coming up here as we talk about the Jaguars and Dolphins matchup. But uh, the only really fun little piece of news I got is Blake Bortles finally shaved his head. Did you see that? I did see that. I mean, I remember when he was on the Rams social media kind of breaking down the team. Uh, the most common the most common comment was basically saying he's just got to shave it all off. And, I mean, it looks like he did. I mean, we didn't see a very good picture of it. We kind of just saw the front of his face, and we all kind of know what that looks like. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see the side view mugshot of what he looks like. Yeah, much love to Blake Bortles always. You know, didn't pan out here, was not a guy that should have been drafted as highly as he was. But lovable guy will always have a soft spot in our heart for the boat. And, yeah, I I hope that his new clean-shaven head brings him, you know, all the wealth and prosperity in the world. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with you on there. So, um I mean, he played played a pretty good game the other night against the you know his preseason game the other night. I think he was like nine for eleven. Yeah, wish he could have done that a little bit last year, but you know, I digress. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have another platform you'd like us to be on, just let us know on Twitter. Uh, and if you really, really love us, you can leave us a review on iTunes too. We'd really appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to talk Jaguars versus Dolphins. It's the dress rehearsal game, the third preseason game, which is always the most important. And it is the first game in which we will see a substantial amount of starters on the field for the Jaguars. Uh, You can stick around for our 53-man roster predictions. We'll get to that after the Jaguars versus Dolphins preview. But uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with the starters. Most of them, it appears, will take the field. I'm most excited to see Nick Foles in the first team offense, not just the players though. I'm excited to see how John DeFilippo scripts the first drive or so with Nick Foles, with the starting offense. I I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm definitely most excited about Nick Foles. And I think if you ask any Jaguar fan, they probably are because we haven't seen any of him. Uh, The only quarterback we've really seen since 2014 has been about 95% Bortles with Fibersit, Chad Henney, and Cody Kessler sprinkled in there. So uh, we paid this guy big money. You know, obviously he won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and he's coming off of a couple of good seasons uh, with the Eagles. So I mean, I'm definitely excited to see Nick Foles, and I'd like to, I'd like to see him. You know, maybe go up to the line of scrimmage and kind of read the defense a little bit, and maybe make a some kind of audible, maybe audible into some kind of pass play or something to be as that's one thing that we didn't really see Blake Bortles do much. I mean, with Blake, he the only adjustment he'd really make is kill, 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 and then they'd run it up the middle for about one yard. So uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him kind of take ownership of the offense and uh, play semi-offensive coordinator a little bit. Yeah, even if we don't see that tomorrow, that definitely does seem like something that will happen throughout the season, much more than it did with Blake Bortles, like you said. And uh, yeah. Obviously, he's really exciting. It's going to be exciting to get him to uh, throw to D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, the rest of the cast of wide receivers there. Maybe D.J. Chark can uh, make a big play like he wasn't able to last week. But 
We do have some players that have already been confirmed that will not be suiting up. Uh, Wide receiver Marquise Lee, again, he is off the pup list, but he won't be playing in this one. The earliest you're going to see him on a football field for the Jaguars in terms of an actual game might be week one, could be after that. We'll see how that plays out. Running back Alfred Blue will not play. Linebacker Jake Ryan will not play. Linebacker Quincy Williams will not play. Edge defender slash linebacker Davis Tull will not play. Charles Jones, the rookie tight end, will not play. Two more tight ends, Jeff Swaim and Josh Oliver, will not play. And then finally, Marcel Darius will be held out as well with an elbow injury he's got going on. Other than that, everybody seems to be fair game for tomorrow, which is really exciting. Juwan Taylor may be seeing his first real action of the preseason. Uh, So, yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely – I think I'm definitely most excited just to see the offensive line because – We've been playing, obviously, a bunch of backups these last couple of weeks, and they have been doing awful. I mean, there, there's really no other way to put it. The offensive line has been horrible, but we got our starting offensive line back, and the defensive line of the Miami Dolphins might be one of the worst in the NFL. And, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to, we should be able to manhandle them, honestly. I mean, I think we got a lot of strength in our offensive line. Very excited to see how Jawan Taylor plays because – He's a new guy. We haven't seen him just yet. Um, you know, he's been, you know, kind of, he has had some kind of injury, um, you know, these last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm, I'm excited, excited to see the offensive line. Hopefully, hopefully Andrew Norwell comes back in good form. And I want to see us push. I want to see us push some people, man. I want to see the run game open up. I just, I want to see, I want to see a resemblance of an actual NFL offense because we haven't seen any of that. The only real highlights we've seen on the offensive side of the ball in a preseason has been, Magoo running the ball. I mean, of course, there's been some plays here or there, but that's really been the main thing. Yeah. Trey McBride's had a lot of good plays, and we'll talk about him a little bit. But, um, yeah, Jawan Taylor had that knee injury that held him out. He looks to be good to go. So, yeah, getting some push would be great. Now, I don't want people to get too discouraged if it's not a masterpiece for the offensive line, the starting offensive line against the Dolphins. While I do think the Jaguars have more talent up front than the Dolphins do, Brian Flores is known for loading the box and really trying to confuse offenses. I don't know how much of that he will be doing in preseason in terms of play calling and loading the box, but if he stays true to what he normally likes to do in terms of play calling and alignments, the Jaguars could be seeing a lot of guys in the box, which obviously will be a test regardless of who you're going against. Hey, man, what's new? Load the box against the Jaguars. But we got a quarterback that should hopefully be able to throw out of it. And, um, you know, I'd like to see some, you know, maybe some cover ones and have some man-to-man and maybe see uh, Lick Foles launch a deep ball out to DJ Chark. Am I getting a little ahead of myself here? Or are we going to – I don't know if we're going to be seeing any of that this game. I don't see why not. Obviously, (laughs) that's going to be limited reps. But I don't see why not, why why they wouldn't be – trying to see what they can do in the preseason. This is the time to see what you can do. But we also haven't even mentioned our running back, man, Leonard Fournette. Um, obviously, seems like he's had a pretty good offseason. Obviously, we've he went out to uh, Wyoming to do some training out there. He is on the sidelines wearing the, you know, wearing the headset, so he looks to be uh, in tune with the game. After week 17, he kind of saw him uh, you know, pouting on the, on the bench over there with TJ Yeldon. So, uh, it's, uh, I want to see him run, man, because I mean, I, I was just watching some highlights the other day and I mean, he's, a, he's, you know, some 2017 highlights and 
the guy is just so big and he's got such great speed. I mean, we all remember that that 75-yard run he had against the Rams where he's just just bursting past defensive backs and uh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see him bust one this game. Yeah, that'd be nice. Obviously with Leonard Fournette, the biggest thing everyone's going to be holding their breath about is just staying healthy. But yeah, it would be very good to see Leonard Fournette show some patience, show some vision and obviously some explosiveness. And in order to do that, the offensive line's going to have to do their part and and block the Dolphins defenders up front. But I think it'll be exciting to see Fournette. Uh, also, his backup, um, the rookie out of Temple, Ryquel Armstead, he should be good to go for this one. He's returned from concussion protocol. And I'm obviously Fournette is the guy in the Jaguars' backfield this year, but I think Armstead could be the future. And I'm excited to see what he has, he has to uh, put out on the field on Thursday yeah, I- night. And I, I really hope that Reichwell Armstead gets some reps with the first team offensive line because, you know, the offensive line play the last couple of weeks hasn't really helped these guys out. And it's funny, last week uh, I was watching ESPNU, UCF versus Temple, and I forgot just how much Reichwell Armstead killed UCF. I mean, he ran for like 140 yards on us, and it, it, was, it was a lot more fun watching him this time around than the first time when he was just gashing us, but... I mean, the guy. The guy's got the ability, and he seems like the perfect running back for uh, the way Nick Foles likes to play. So uh, I just, I hope he's the number two guy. I don't, you know, I'd rather see him get carry second as opposed to like Thomas Rawls. So, so yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope we get to see a good amount of Arm, Armstead and Fournette in there as the one-two punch. Yeah. So there's obviously some huge storylines to watch for on the offensive side of the ball, but for me, again. On the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot to watch for too, but what I'm most excited to potentially see is something that we have seen on the field during practice, but I would love to see Calais, Yannick, and Josh Allen all out on the field together trying to get after the passer. I just want to see it. I'm ready for it. I know, man. I want this because I mean, I project. I don't know. I don't know how you project a third down package to be, but you know, I think on the outside, it's obviously going to be Josh Allen and uh, and Yannick Ngakwe. I think Calais Campbell still slides in the middle, but it's you know, a big thing is who's going to be that fourth guy on the interior. Um, I think I think, I think it's, it's going to be I, I I think it's going to be Taven Bryan to be honest with you, just because I think one thing that when I look at when I look at Taven Bryan on the film and like what he's been doing good and bad at, and I know a lot of people. You know, if you're on Twitter, there's people out there talking about like cutting a guy. That's not going to happen. Uh, but I mean, I think I think what he's best at is really just um, his burst off the line of scrimmage, and he's got a pretty powerful bull rush. Um, he just doesn't know just what yet to do um, with the with the guards that are that are blocking him at the end of the play. I mean, he needs to learn how to just get rid of the guy and move on and get out to the quarterback. But um, you know, I think I just really hope we see that package and. Uh, I'd just like to see a bunch of guys on the field where they're not going to be keying in on like Josh Allen, where they're all just going to be run, be able to run free. And I mean, I would, I, I really want to see if Josh Allen can just, you know, completely burn an offensive tackle and just beat him around the edge and uh, get a sack on Rosen or Fitzpatrick, whoever's going to be back there. That's, uh, I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, this is definitely the type of offensive line that the Jaguars should be able to take advantage of they are not one of the most stout groups in the nfl so calais unique and josh should all be looking their chops 
But you talked a little bit about Taven Bryan. I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there this season in the nickel packages with the guys like you said. But I just still think Marcel Darius, even at this point in his career, is probably a little bit more dangerous than Taven Bryan. And I don't think he's going to screw the play up for you like Taven Bryan has shown a tendency to do. But we'll see. Hopefully Taven Bryan can continue to develop throughout the preseason and then into the season as he gets more reps at the three technique and on the inside. Just with Marcel Darius, I just think he's so good against the run. I just think he would provide so much more value on a first and second down basis and then, you know, get him off the field on third down, get in a fresh Taven Bryan uh, to be to be in that package. And um I like it's I I I think uh obviously Marcel Darius, I think he's a lot better of a pass rusher at this point than um Taven Bryan, but I just think his his play against the run is just so superb and I think that he's he's the best for that role for the Jaguars given the personnel that we currently have I completely agree with you that they do need him on first and second down and that you know potentially getting him out on third down would help him in terms of uh, managing his snaps and managing his energy and and all of that but Doug Marone has on multiple occasions this offseason just talked about how he wants Marcel Darius to get back to being a pass rusher like he was back in Buffalo. So we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. I think regardless of who's out there, the Jaguars have a good situation with Calais, Unique, and Josh. Yeah. And I just, I just think at the moment, I just don't, I don't trust him and Brian yet against the run. I mean, he just, I mean, he gets lost out there. I mean, it's nice having a guy like Avery Jones, but I mean, it seems like at the, at the moment, Tame and Brian just isn't, where he is development wise. I think he's, it just looks like he's thinking a lot on the field as opposed to playing um, instinctual football. And, you know, hopefully it just clicks for him and, you know, he's able to play a lot more free, but uh, it just doesn't seem to have happened just yet. Yeah. Sticking on the defensive side of the ball. I'm also really pumped to see which reserve cornerbacks will show out. A lot of those guys have been having really great training camps and preseasons. Breon Borders has been fantastic. Tay Hayes, even though he's only five foot nine, he's been fantastic. Both of those guys have been picking off passes, getting a lot of pass deflections. And then you've still got Quentin Meeks, too, who is a guy that's probably going to make the roster. And in front of all those guys, Trey Herndon, in my opinion, he's played like a guy who could start on another team at the nickel or on the outside. I think he's a really special undrafted free agent type of player from last year that can really develop into a long-term fixture here or somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's been exciting because it really seems like all of our reserves have been making plays. I mean, the defensive backs, I think, you know, have been, do- have been doing really well. So obviously the cornerbacks are good. You know, Revis, week one, had a really good game defensively. Week two, he had a couple brain farts. Like, he let up that one, <laughs> that one touchdown. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it'll definitely be interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the the defensive back group, I think, is actually, you know, pretty deep. And I've been actually pretty even surprised. And we'll get more into the, you know, the depth later. But I've, I've even been pretty impressed with the with the safety play when, you know, everyone looks at it. Maybe this is the worst unit on the team, but it's been it's been pretty good on that spot. Yeah, I agree with you. Defensive backs have been solid Yeah, outside of that C.J. Rivas blown coverage. Which, you know, he is a strong safety. Coverage is not going to be his strong suit in the NFL. He's a guy that likes to blow runners up. But 
Obviously, you'd like to see him still be able to make a play or two and pass coverage down in the deep zone. But uh, let's switch back over to the offensive side of the ball for a second. Who is the starter at right guard? Who do you think is going to start tomorrow, and who do you think is going to start in the regular season? Man, uh, I think I think the tougher question is who's going to start tomorrow than who's going to start in a regular season. Um, I'd say, I mean, let's let's go with Will Richardson to start at uh, right guard tomorrow, and I think he's definitely going to be starting during the season. So um, I just think we kind of know what AJ Can brings us, and um, I think he brings some inconsistencies. Uh, one the probably the best thing about him is av- his, his availability, as he pretty much plays every game. But you know, I mean. Will Richardson, I think he's been doing pretty good in the training camp or in uh, preseason, I should say. I haven't been to any of the training camp practices, but I think he's still got some technique to work on. He plays, uh, he plays a little bit high right now. When it comes to his pad level, he needs to bend his knees a little more. It seems like he's kind of leaning on some people. I'd like him to just, you know, kind of bend his legs and drive players a little bit more. But, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I like his body of work. It seems like he's got a lot of upside, especially with. With, with where he is in his size, so I um, mean, I would, I, I hope, I hope that I'm getting a root for him to win that starting right guard spot. Yeah, and at six foot six, he's obviously much taller than AJ can, so that might just be something that is going to be an issue that he has to work on throughout his career. Just keeping those, keeping the pad level low, keeping those knees bent, and getting into defensive linemen uh, with proper leverage. Yeah, so I mean, AJ can. I just think we all know what we have in him, and I, I just I'd, I'd like to I'd like to play out a new position. And I mean, the guy's great for depth. I mean, it, having AJ can as a backup is not a bad thing. Definitely not. I think if you have him and Tyler Shatley as your backups on the interior, that's really solid. And of course, we'll talk more about the depth when we get into our fifty-three man roster prediction, but. I think the Jaguars definitely are a lot stronger at right guard than what we thought they would be entering training camp in this summer in terms of how Will Richardson has really developed and then having the depth of AJ Cam. So that's awesome to see. What else are you going to be looking for tomorrow? Anything in particular? I'm on a defensive side. Like I've said this before, man. I'm just. I said this in my video. I was like, I'm just an offense. When we're on offense, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat just really excited to see what's going to be going on. But on the defensive side, man, I'm in almost butthole clinching mode. I just don't want anybody to get injured. I kind of know what we have in our defense. Like, you know, all our starting defensive backs are going to be playing. I know what we got in our Pro Bowl cornerbacks with A.J. Boye and Jana Ramsey. And, you know, the defensive line should be really good. And, I mean, you just look around. I mean, even just last week with the Avery Williamson injury and, I just I just don't want anything anything like that to hinder us. I'm with you. This was the game last year that Marquise Lee went down, third preseason game. So hopefully the Jaguars can avoid that, but let's not harp on the injuries too much, you know. Don't think about it and maybe it won't happen, hopefully, yeah. type of thing for the Jaguars. Um couple more things. I want to see if Terrell Pryor ends up playing. He hasn't played in the preseason yet. He is a guy that made a big impact to start training camp, and I think he's still got the inside track at making the roster at the wide receiver position. But if he can play and and actually do some things out on the field, uh, catch some passes, get open, that would be really big for his stock. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I mean, he's definitely playing for a roster spot right now. And I mean, I, I, he's obviously a big guy, and he's been the most successful wide receiver on the Jaguars when it comes to stat wise, because he had that one year in 2016 where he had over a thousand yards for Cleveland. So, uh, but I mean, with him, obviously, he's been on multiple different teams since then. I mean, he wasn't very good on the Redskins. He went to the Bills and Jets and had minimal impact. And now he's on a Jaguar. So, I mean, we're going to haul hope and cheer. And, uh, you know, hopefully that this spot will be, you know, another great fit like he seemed to have been in Cleveland. But he's got the body. He's got uh, he's got all the physical tools. But I think a lot of it's just between between the ears. Like, where, where is he going to be at? Because, you know, I know a big knock on him was that he, didn't really get along with teammates very well and you know we can only we can only speculate on that kind of stuff we'd be kind of ignorant to say that you know we think he's a bad person so uh we'll see with him yeah and i think he's done really well in terms of assimilating into the locker room you haven't heard anything negative from what i've seen on the sidelines and in practice he's looked like he's been getting along great and i think it should be noted that the Jaguars brought him in after John DeFilippo was hired as the offensive coordinator, and they did work together in Cleveland. So there is some familiar and in Oakland. So there is some familiarity there, and I think that DeFilippo likes what he sees from prior, and I think that's important to to remember as we get into the final cuts. I have a, I have a question for you though because I haven't seen any of prior in the Jaguars just because he hasn't played in any preseason games, but. Has he been getting any work at special teams? Because, I mean, we have, you know, about four guys that are essentially roster locks on the team. And usually if you're the fifth or sixth wide receiver, I mean, you're going to have to contribute on special teams. Like, ha- has he been doing anything uh, in that regard? I think there's five locks. Um, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been doing, like, kick return or punt return or anything like that. I can't recall if he has if earlier in camp, if he was doing anything in terms of uh, blocking on kick returns or being a gunner, I don't remember that. I don't remember seeing him out there doing that, but it's possible that he did. But he just has a unique skill set compared to the rest of the Jaguars receiving core. And I think that that, that's going to keep him around. But we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. The one other guy I wanted to talk about is Trey McBride, who – has been the Jaguars' leading receiver throughout preseason, and he's a guy I really like, and I want to see him have another good game uh, just because even if it's not in Jacksonville that he makes it, I think he's a guy that deserves to be on an NFL roster moving forward and a guy that can help a team out. Yeah, and I kind of wish – he's been around the NFL a little bit. You know, he's been with the Bears, uh, the Jets, and, like, the Titans. I, w- I wish so bad that he was, like, an undrafted rookie free agent right now because it'd be it'd just be funny with Dave Caldwell, like, how he, oh, he finds Alan Hearns, he finds Keelan Cole. But, you know, he's been around the NFL for a little bit, hasn't really got settled anywhere. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's been really good. I think he has 92 receiving yards so far. He even had a touchdown last week that got called back. That would have, you know, added to his stats. But, I mean, he's been by far the most productive wide receiver and really just offensive player for the Jaguars. So uh, I always like the, I always like to see, you know, a guy like him uh, that the odds are against him and it'd be really cool to see him if he could somehow make this, uh, make this roster. Yeah, it really would. And before we get into our 53 man roster prediction here, 
would like to remind everybody to follow UCF Jaguar on Twitter at UCF underscore Jaguar. You can also subscribe to his channel on YouTube. He's got all the best Jaguars video content on YouTube over there. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And you can, of course, follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. And you can check out GenJag.com where you can find UCF Jaguars videos. You can find all of our news and analysis, which we've got new posts coming out daily, usually multiple posts daily. So again, check that out at GenJag.com. Now, without further ado, our 53-man roster predictions. I will let you start out with quarterback, Dalton. Well, quarterback, I think this one is pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be Nick Foles, obviously, and then Gardner Minshew as the backup. Um, I think Magoo has pretty much reserved a spot on the practice squad. I, I really doubt anybody's going to scoop him up to um, to be on, the, be on any 53-man roster out there. And, I mean, really with this, if something does happen to Nick Foles, um, I think the Jaguars could be in a market where if they don't think that Gardner Minshew is ready or maybe the Jaguars are all of a sudden a six and one team and, you know, maybe Gardner gets a couple starts and we fall to six and three. I mean, we could be in a, uh, actually by then we'd probably be past the trade deadline, but I mean, we could be in a position where we may want to look to trade for a quarterback, but um, yeah, I mean, I just, but for now we'll hope that Nick full stays healthy and then uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be backing him up. Yeah, and Minshew really did develop a lot from week one to week two of the preseason. You want to see him to con- continue to develop. I agree. I think it's Foles and Minshew here. But if it was me, I would find room on the roster for Alex Magoo. I do think there's potential for some other team uh, picking him up off the Jaguars practice squad. The guy, his positive traits are traits that you cannot teach. He is big. He has a cannon of an arm, and he is an extreme athlete in terms of what he can do at the quarterback position running around. He's not ready to play quarterback in the NFL for a starting as a starter. You know, he can't really read defenses, and he just has a tendency to try to escape the pocket as soon as any sort of pressure comes from any direction instead of manipulating the pocket, finding his receiver, getting the ball out on time. So he's obviously not ready. But there is just so much talent there. I would not let him have the potential to be poached by another team. He also has a full tattoo sleeve, so he automatically earns my respect in that manner. But yeah, I mean he's he's really exciting. I mean, I'd like to see him get some more uh, some more preseason action. I mean, I'd like to say I'd hope that maybe he can you know play the first half of the uh, the final preseason game. But at the same time, man, if we're gonna be rolling with Gardner Minshew as our backup quarterback. You know, he's going to be one snap away from being our starter. So I'd honestly, you know, like to get him as many reps as possible. But yeah, I mean, Alex Magoo, I mean, I was, I didn't really see him. I haven't been going to training camp practices like you. So it was really my first time actually seeing him. And man, it was some of those runs he had with the, the spin moves that he had in the, in the pocket. I mean, it was straight up like pressing a B button in Madden. I mean, he was, he was insane. So that, that was, and he obviously, he's got our lone, lone touchdown of the preseason off. What else but a, but a run, so uh, he he was definitely exciting last game. Yeah, and he's not a guy that's been overly impressive in practice. He does make some wow throws in practice, which shouldn't surprise you based on what you've seen. But, again, 
just not ready to lead an NFL offense in terms of being an efficient quarterback, in terms of taking what's there. But when you get him in a real game situation, it is hard to get him to the ground, and he's just a, he's a real baller out there. Of course, he did only complete two of nine passes last week, so it's not like this is a guy that that really was efficient and really leading the team down the field. But like I said, just incredible raw athleticism, incredible arm strength and accuracy, in my opinion. And in the 2017 playoffs, when we had a quarterback that wasn't able to throw the ball very well, his athleticism uh, made us have a quarterback that had more rushing yards and passing yards. So, um, never, never underestimate the power of a player of a quarterback's legs. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, running back, I'll kick us off here. I've got four guys: Leonard Fournette, Ryquell Armstead, Alfred Blue, and Thomas Rawls. At this point, I think it's almost pretty much locked in. Alfred Blue's still dealing with an ankle injury. Obviously, if he can't come back from that quickly. That could change things, but I don't think it's too serious. I do think he'll be ready for the regular season. And he's a guy that provides some balance. He's a good pass protector at the running back position. He's okay running the ball. He's not great. He's not flashy, but he can get the job done. I'm not impressed with him as a receiver, but he can do that in a pinch as well. Thomas Rawls. I really like Thomas Rawls as long as he can stay healthy, which has been an issue for him in recent seasons. He's got uh, quickness and explosiveness that I think the other Jaguars running backs kind of lack, even though Leonard Fournette and Raquel Armstead do have a little bit of that themselves. And then, in my opinion, those should be the two guys locked in as the one and the two in terms of the rotation. Raquel should be two, Fournette number one, obviously. Yeah, when I look at the running back group, uh, I, I pretty much have the same guys making it with Leonard Fournette, uh, Raquel Armstead, Thomas Rawls, and Alfred Blue. But, I mean, with this, like, I mean, just watching the Eagles last week, it just seemed like they had so many good running backs. And really with us, I mean, I think it's a weak unit at the moment, um, especially at the, the deeper side of it. And uh, I, could, I could see this being a unit that – the Jaguars will look to try to find some help after the after the teams make the 53-man roster cut. So um, I don't know if this unit is complete just yet, but I mean, for now, I'm going to have the same four guys that you have to, uh, to make this roster. Yeah, and you might be right about that with some of the guys that are going to end up being cut and maybe even from the Eagles. But I think it's been difficult for this group to look good. For one, Fournette hasn't played yet. Alfred Blue has been injured. Raquel Armstead has missed a lot of time, although he did play uh, He did play in the first game before going into the concussion protocol. And then Thomas Rawls barely got in last week. But he had three impressive runs on one drive that really showed me something. But, again, like you said, maybe the back-end talent, you know, number three and four with Blue and Rawls, you don't love. I do love Fournette and Armstead. No question about it. Yeah, so that's they're definitely going to be definitely going to be leading the unit for us. So um, next, we'll go ahead and transition to the wide receiver group. Um, for me, I've got six guys. I've got the four roster locks with uh, D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, Mark Heasley, and D.J. Chark, and one that one guy that's about ninety percent of a lock with uh, Keelan Cole. I mean, I, I really don't see him getting cut, but um, you know, I going to put him in that category, I guess, anyway. So then um, the sixth guy I had making it is actually Trey McBride. So 
Obviously, a notable cut that I have is going to be Terrell Pryor. A big reason why is, is I mean, I haven't seen him at all. Like I've been kind of alluding to this whole podcast, I haven't really seen him out at training camp practices. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't really contribute on special teams. And if you're going to be the fifth or sixth wide receiver on the team, uh, if you're not one of the high-end starters, like if you're not going to make a huge impact um, as one of the you know three main wide receivers, I just don't see – um, there being much room on the roster when you need, you know, the wide receiver to be that, you know, athletic guy that can play like a gunner on special on, you know, the punt units. So, yeah, with this, um, I've got Trey McBride being the being the sneaky guy to make the roster. Love Trey McBride. Love the pick. I just don't see it happening. And I understand your point, and I would usually agree with it regarding. You need to be a special teams contributor in one way or another, which Pryor could do, not as a kick returner or punt returner, but in other ways he could he could contribute to special teams. But DJ Chark and Keelan Cole and DD Westbrook as a punt returner, Chark and Cole can both man the kick returner spot. Westbrook can man the punt returner spot, and Cole can punt return as well. So I don't think the Jaguars have as big of a need for that at the bottom of their roster as maybe they have in years past. And Pryor provides such a unique skill set. He is a man amongst boys when it comes to wide receivers in terms of strength, size, body positioning. He has a knack for getting himself in between the defender and the football and coming down with it. He's a guy that I could think could be very effective for the Jaguars on uh, situations where they have to get a first down on third down, he can get to that line and just ball forward. And then I think he could also prove to be an effective red zone threat. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Trell Pryor. Obviously, he's got the you know big body of work. Um, you know, he's obviously even we've all heard about him dating back to his days at Ohio State and then going to Oakland in the supplemental draft before transitioning over to wide receiver. But um, hopefully, we get to see some flashes of him tomorrow. Uh, against against Miami, and you know, I I'm probably I'm definitely rooting for him to make the team because just his upside is is crazy. But you know, just seeing his last few stops, uh, it, it doesn't make me you know super optimistic about him. Yeah, I understand completely, and we'll see. I just I if I had to put my money down, I'm putting it on Terrell Pryor, even though I do really like Trey McBride and would not be upset at all if he sticks around. And in fact, before. Before Marquise Lee came off the pup, I had Trey McBride also making the roster. But with Marquise Lee looking like he's going to be on the active roster, there's only room for so many guys. And now getting into tight end, Jeff Swaim, Josh Oliver, James O'Shaughnessy, Ben Koyak. I formerly had Charles Johnson on the roster instead of Ben Koyak because I think whether it's Koyak or Johnson, that guy is primarily his job is going to primarily be to be a blocker. Uh, I, I think Johnson has more upside and potential, but he's been injured as of late. And I also think he's a guy that they could potentially stash on the practice squad. Jeff Swaim and Josh Oliver, you haven't been able to see at all during the preseason. Swaim is dealing with an injury. Josh Oliver is still dealing with the hamstring. Seen a lot of James O'Shaughnessy, and he's looked good as he always does. You have anything different here at tight end? Yeah, I mean, this is seems like the tight end, the quarterback position, have been kind of the cursed positions for the Jaguars franchise. So, I think really the main conversation with this position group is whether three or four tight ends are going to make the team. 
you know, I think Swain, Josh Oliver, James O'Shaughnessy are definitely on the roster. You know, it's all about the fourth guy. Uh, I mean, last year uh, they didn't keep Koyak, and they he wound up coming back in the middle of the season. So um, they were just kind of able to kind of hold him on the reserve, you know, kind of let him chill at home until they needed him. So, but I'll go ahead and for this prediction, I'll have Koyak making a roster and us moving forward with four tight ends. Because, I mean, when you look at the way we do things now, um, while last year we kept three tight ends, we also had a fullback on the roster. Um, this year, when we don't have a fullback, you know, the tight ends are kind of going to be utilizing more of that fullback role. So I think there's a little more room to keep four guys. So um, I'll go ahead and have Koyak making a four spot. Yeah, and I I think it should be noted the Jaguars are probably going to be running, excuse me running a lot more two tight end sets and John DeFilippo's offense. Nick Foles loves hitting his tight ends, so I just think it makes sense to keep four. And maybe the fourth guy isn't on the roster right now. Maybe it's Charles Johnson if he can come back and return to health. So let's go ahead and move on to offensive tackle. What you got, Dalton? Um, I've got. Our starting guys, Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor. Um, I got uh, Cedric Obwehi making a roster and Josh Wells. So I got I got four different offensive tackles here. Obviously, Obwehi's a new guy that we signed over from the uh, from the from the Bengals, former first round pick. Um, Josh Wells is a guy that we've been pretty familiar with. And then um, we'll see if well, I mean the big story is is will Cam Robinson be starting you know week one against the Chiefs? Uh, we'll have to see. I do think Robbins is going to be starting week one against the Chiefs. I mean, Doug Marone seems confident that he's going to be able to be ready to suit up against the Dolphins Thursday night. So I definitely think that Robinson will be ready for week one. I do believe Obwehi is the third tackle, swing tackle, if you will. Um, and I also think Leonard Wester is going to make the team instead of Josh Wells. Wells has been around for a long time. A lot of the coaches have, have kind of liked him for a while, but there's a new offensive line coach in town, George Warhop. He brought Leonard Wester over with him from Tampa. He really likes what Leonard Wester brings to the table. And even though Wester struggled last week, I thought he did okay in week one, and he's a guy that can play both tackle spots. I'm taking him over Josh Wells this this go around. Yeah, and I think with Leonard Wester, I mean, I think I'm kind of scarred by his week two performance because, man, he was just awful against the Eagles last week, and I haven't, I haven't really been watching the training camp practices. I know uh, apparently the O line coach kind of likes him, but you know, when it comes to yesterday's sample size, I mean, I just I'd feel a lot more safe. Uh, with Josh Wells back there being the fourth fourth offensive tackle than him. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I think it's a good argument. I think it'll come down to the wire there between those two. But I do believe we've seen a lot of injury history with Josh Wells too, which that might play a factor when it comes to picking which one's going to stick around. Last year, Excuse Josh me. Wells, once he got the start after uh, after Cam Robinson, what, he last one game? Right. So, whatever. Yeah, he struggled he'll, a lot he'll go, with injuries. He'll go. He'll go down as all the other seventeen tackles that got hurt for us last year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, moving into the interior, I've got five interior offensive linemen. I've got Brandon Linder as the starting center. Obviously, Andrew Norwell at left guard. 
Will Richardson at right guard. And then A.J. Cannon and Tyler Shatley can both play center or guard. And they can play guard on either side. So I think you really like what you've got in terms of your depth there. And assuming Will Richardson can come in and play as well as a lot of the coaches have been talking about how well he's been playing. You like your chances there. Yeah, I, I've got the I've got the same exact group making it, and you know, I mean, Brandon Linder and Andrew Norwell are obviously very good high end players. Uh, Brandon Linder, hopefully, he can just stay healthy. I mean, and when I mean healthy, I don't mean also soft tissue stuff. I also mean sickness because it seems like in his you know career with the Jaguars, he's had like the flu a couple times. It's made him miss some time. So, uh, but you know, it wouldn't be amazing if he could somehow start all sixteen games, but. I mean, yeah, then, you know, the high, the starting talent I think is pretty good, and obviously you're going to have pretty good depth um, with A.J. Ken, who has a lot of um, career starts, and uh, Tyler Shatley, who's been, you know, pretty pretty solid when it comes to, um, you know, his play when he has to come in there and play at center. And, you know, I've got, I got Will Richardson um, being, the, being the new starter at the right guard spot, so it looks like the right guard and right tackle. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a mix-up than what we saw um, in – 2018 and 2017. Yeah, youth moving over there on the right side. So uh, I've got 25 offensive players there. I don't know if you tallied your total for the offensive side of the ball. Um, I did not, but I think – did you have four tight ends making it? Yeah, so that would be the same. Yeah, I've got I've got the same then. All right, cool. So moving on to the defensive side of the ball, that means we each also have 25 defensive players – uh, I'm going to, for the sake of time, go ahead and mix in the edge and the defensive tackles here. On the edge, we've got Calais Campbell, Unique Ngakwe, Josh Allen, Laurenti McCray, Dewan Smoot, Detone Jones. And then moving inside, we've got Marcel Darius, Avery Jones, Taven Bryan, and Dontavius Russell. You got anything different there? Um, The only thing different I have is Eli Anku. I just, I mean, I, I just haven't seen... Dontavis Russell really pop off in a tape for me um, just yet. And, you know, he's a seventh round pick. So I feel like we can probably, you know, sneak him on the practice squad. And maybe, you know, if we get some kind of injury in the interior, we can easily just um, bring him up, bring him up to the active roster. But I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our, uh, you know, roster so far is pretty similar, but I mean, that's usually pretty good. It probably means that you have a, you know, sounds like you have a pretty solid team. So um, with those really the only difference I have is Eli Anku on the interior. Yeah, I just think Russell's got a lot more potential and explosiveness. I think he's been showing it in practice. I think he showed it a little bit against the Eagles, too, last week. I like Anku, but Russell, the team, has more invested in. And I do think if you place him on your practice squad, like Magoo, there's a good chance that somebody's going to try to scoop him up. Uh, I think that there's probably a lot of NFL teams out there that really like Dontavious Russell with his size and athleticism. Uh, for for a guy that can play really either spot on the interior defensive line. Um, and then, so you do have Detone Jones making it? I do have Detone Jones. I mean, that guy's been super flashy for the, you know, on, on the film. I mean, he's been getting all kinds of quarterback pressures. He's been outshining Smoot a lot when it comes to that, when it comes to, you know, that kind of play. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see him. And it sounds like, you know, he's kind of excited to be a Jaguar right now. He's um, you know, play with Don Capers before I'm um, over in Green Bay. So, I mean, I, I like I like what I've seen in him. Yeah, Detone Jones has been talking Saxonville up a little bit. That's exciting. 
Dewan Smoot, he's really been excelling in terms of run defense, which has been his calling card since he's been in the NFL. Still doesn't have a sack for the Jaguars, but maybe he'll be able to get that this season. I, at this point, do not think he's in any danger of going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I could honestly, I could see him getting cut. I mean, I don't think he's been then extremely impressive to me. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I'm, def- I'm definitely rooting for him to uh, make the roster. But, you know, you just like to, I mean, he just seems kind of slow out there, especially on, you know, passing plays. And um, I just, it just not, not a whole, not a whole lot impresses me with, you know, kind of a, the way he uses his hands and uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I, it just leaves a lot to be desired for me when it comes to um, the third round pick that we invested in him. Yeah. You want to see more obviously, but if you've got a guy that can defend against the run, that is valuable, especially at the big end spot. Now a linebacker, I've got five miles, Jack, Quincy Williams, Leon Jacobs, Najee good. And maybe a bit of a surprise, Joe Giles, Harris, what you got? Um, I actually have I have Miles Jack, um, Quincy Williams, Leon Jacobs, Najee Good. Um, I got and I got Rameek Wilson making a roster, so I don't I don't have Giles Harris. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Jaguars do at linebacker. I think Joe Giles Harris has been a little bit more impressive than Rameek Wilson in, Wilson in preseason. I think he has a little more athleticism and can. Maybe have some more versatility. He's played middle linebacker and weak side linebacker already for the Jaguars, and he has flashed at times in practice. He might be another guy that's destined for the practice squad, and I don't know if he would really get poached off the practice squad. But I mean, I, I think, think I think I, I think linebackers a position that they're going to be poaching um, during during the. I think if there's any position that they're going to be poaching for, um, once they make the fifty three man cuts, it's going to be linebacker. You might be right. They definitely don't have that many names behind Miles Jack and Quincy Williams. I still think Leon Jacobs is fine as your Sam linebacker entering his second year. I definitely think Najee Good's sticking around, maybe even past this year. I think he's really impressed the team, and he has good athleticism, good versatility in terms of being able to play inside and outside. But, yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting for sure. And and I wonder what the hell's going on with Jake Ryan, man. I mean – not really much information has been disclosed about him, but is he not is he not going through his treatments right? I mean, it's been about a year. I think it's been literally over a year since he um, since he tore his ACL last year. So, I mean, that's I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, he injured his knee last summer, so it has been over a year. The rumor is that you know, or not even rumor. I think Doug said it himself. Something did happen when he was working out away from the team this summer that kind of set him back. And then he just hasn't quite been able to get back. But the good news there is he is on the NFI non-football injury list. So he'll be eligible to return after the first six weeks. If the Jaguars keep him on the non-football injury list. It's it's better. He's on that list than whatever list Justin Blackman is currently on. (laughs) (laughs) it's <laughs> very true although I, I would rather i wish justin blackman was on that non-football injury listing and come back wouldn't that be nice he's probably he's probably about 30 pounds heavier than when we last saw him uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that <laughs> getting all the getting all the you know munchies when it comes to filling his mouth with cookies and pizza that's right that's right now cornerback i've got jalen ramsey aj boy dj hayden trey herndon 
Breon Borders and Quentin Minks. I have the team keeping six corners, which may seem like a lot, but I think I have a good explanation for it. How about you? Yeah, looking back on this, I actually had six linebackers. Now I look at my thing again. I actually did have Giles Harris making it. So um, I actually only have five cornerbacks making it, and that's uh, the three starters. I mean, I guess TJ Hayne is technically a starter, but, you know, Nickel is, you know, more starting than a strong side linebacker. So I got Ramsey Boye, DJ Hayden. A starter. Yeah. It's just when they do the CBS previews, they don't consider it a starter, but it's a starter. I know. I'm so sick of that. The media needs to catch up. Isn't that, isn't that dumb? Like they should at least, they should show 12 if they're going to do that. They want to, if they want to pay respects to the strong side linebacker, they've got to pay respects to the nickel cornerback who those guys get paid decent money. So, I mean, we'll give them that. So I got, and as a backup, so I got Trey Herndon and Quentin Meeks. And, you know, I, I really like the depth here. I mean, I think um, this, this cornerback group, I think is really good. And, you know, whoever we cut, I think is going to be um, finding a roster spot somewhere. Yeah, the reason I kept six is because Breon Borders has been awesome in camp. Really, Tay Hayes has been awesome in camp, but he's only five foot nine, and I just don't see him as a guy that the Jaguars are going to use a roster spot on this year. I think he's another guy that is destined for the Jaguars practice squad if he clears waivers. And then I think they're going to keep Quentin Meeks. The team really likes him. I haven't personally seen very much from him throughout training camp and the preseason but I do think he's a guy that can continue to, to develop that the team likes a lot. And um, yeah, that's it for cornerbacks at safety. I think it's pretty obvious that there's at least four guys here, Ronnie Harrison, Jared Wilson, CJ Revis, and Cody Davis. I have those four making the team and no one else. What do you have? Yeah, I've got, I've got the same thing. Obviously Harrison's going to Harrison and Wilson are going to be the starters. Um, I think Ray Revis is a guy that, you know, flashes a lot. Um, so he's pretty exciting. And then I have Cody Davis, who's the opposite, who doesn't really flash a lot, but he's a really solid player. I mean, he's quietly a really, really good special teams player. And he, it seems like he plays a lot faster than what he probably runs. Um, but, you know, I like, I, I actually really like the safety group. And, you know, one thing you've noticed is that the whole Eric Berry talks has kind of calmed down since the training camp preseason have been here. Yeah, you're right about that. And it's a good thing to see for sure. A lot of people have kind of talked about maybe Andrew Wingard sneaking on the team as the fifth safety. I just don't see it because I don't think he's better than C.J. Revis, and I don't think you need a third guy who's strictly a strong safety. Um, and my other thought here is that Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson and C.J. Revis can all play strong safety. Jared Wilson and Cody Davis can obviously play free safety. I think even in a pinch, Ronnie Harrison could probably play free safety. And if you suffer injuries, Jalen Ramsey can also kick over to free safety and do that with with no problem. Yeah, so um, man, that'd be seeing you just say Jalen Ramsey play some free safety. He did it in college, and he—I mean—he has lined up at safety for the Jaguars, not on any sort of regular basis, but in some yeah, like single high some stuff. Unique, um, yeah, some unique, different uh, formations they've put out there. Ramsey has been out there at safety. So, and I'm not suggesting they should do that, but in a pinch, I think that would be something that they can do. I remember Pete Prisco was the guy that was lobbying during a draft. They, he's like, I think Dan Ramsey should be playing free safety because he's like, I think he could be really good at that position, and he probably he probably would be really good. But I mean, he's going to get get paid a lot more as a lockdown cornerback one day. 
Yeah, and there's definitely a debate to be had about what is more important. I think it's if you have your lockdown cornerback, that's the guy that's going to get paid more money, and there's a reason he's going to get paid more money. Free safety like, is very important. So is so is starting corner. I'm like scared at what Jalen Ramsey's contract is going to look like one day because it's going to be it's going to be a crazy amount, and hopefully, hopefully he can sign with the Jaguars. I mean. Uh, I know this is probably a separate conversation, but I mean the way it looks, it looks like Yannick Ngakwe. This might be his last year on a team, and I mean if they if they somehow you know come out uh, the the rookie contracts and we don't have Yannick Ngakwe and Jenna Ramsey on a team, I mean that that that'd be that'd be such a low moment for us. It would obviously be mismanagement if either of those two guys are allowed to exit Jacksonville. Neither of them have off the field problems. They're both great players. You can say what you want about Jalen Ramsey's personality, but when he's when he's in the locker room on the field with his teammates, there's no one better. Yeah, and I, th- I think they're I think they're kind of lining up to probably give uh, paydays to Miles Jack and Jalen Ramsey. I think I think those are the two guys they're going to go with. And I mean, when you look at I mean, we did just draft Josh Allen in the last draft, and you know he might even be a better player than uh, Yannick Ngakwe on first and second round. Um, obviously, he's got a lot of work to do to catch up to where he is when it comes to uh, when it comes to Yannick Ngakwe and passing situations. But I mean, the dude just—I mean—he's got a completely different body, and I mean, you know, this guy could be elite against the run and pass. Yeah, he really could be. It's pretty crazy to think about. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Obviously, for offense and defense. Got to talk about the special teamers, too, of course. Josh Lambeau will be the kicker. Logan Cook will be the punter. And Matt Overton will be the long snapper, barring any injuries. Those are your three uh, exclusively special teams players. And that rounds out your 53-man roster. We did have some disagreements here. For the most part, we were on the same page, though. And I'd be surprised if you saw anything much different than what we've talked about here today. I can't really see anybody sneaking on the roster that we haven't spoken about. Either Dalton having them make the team or me having them make the team. So, yeah, I think uh, we we did a pretty good job there. And that's going to do it for the show. Just hit over an hour. So we hope you'd en- you've enjoyed it. We would uh, like to thank Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the show. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. You can check out their downtown tap room on East Bay Street, or you can check them out in Riverside on Roselle. And, of course, you should go get some wobbly water. It's a co-release from Gin Jag and Bold City Brewery. It's their new uh, teal seltzer water, you know, similar to White Claws maybe. But, yeah. It's, uh, it's been really popular. It's really good. I've checked it out. And uh, a lot of people are enjoying the lighter beverages throughout the summer. And I definitely recommend you go check that out. Again, you can check them out on East Bay Street downtown or in Riverside on Roselle. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow UCF Jaguar on Twitter and subscribe to his channel on YouTube. He's on Twitter at UCF underscore Jaguar. YouTube is just UCF Jaguar. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. You can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar and on Twitter at Generation Jag. Have a great weekend, Duval. Thanks for listening. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.